0: Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans, nearly 100 movies, one cage. This is episode 104, Color Out of Space, from either 2019 or 2020. I'm Joey Lewandowski.
1: And I'm Mike Manzi.
0: And with us today, kind of the reason, not, not the entire reason it was delayed, we had someone, one of our past guests, really wanted to watch this movie with us, and he is becoming a doctor but we're like you know what your life has been miserable for months let's bring you on here self-admittedly miserable Mm -hmm. let's bring you on here talk about this movie that you've been looking forward to for oh we're doing the now and again can crack on air cool (laughs) so let's bring you on here to talk about the movie that you want to talk about so it came out on blu-ray i think like two weeks ago it was out in theaters in uh, January, January, but yeah. not in New Jersey. Yeah, it actually was one screening for
1: one night only.
0: One night only at the one AMC. Wednesday at the AMC in Garden State Plaza. With <laughs> us today to talk about Color Out of Space, we have Chris Podcast. Hello, Chris. Hello. Welcome to the show. You have not been. What was the last one you were on? You were on our Trespass oh. rewatch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Trespass. You were on
1: Pay the Ghost with us.
2: I was. Oh I was gosh. on uh, the the Superman documentary oh yeah, yeah 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 the rewatch of that Oh, well, mm-hmm. that was
1: all at your old department it, it was. was yeah yeah yeah
2: i haven't been on a podcast in a while i hope i don't screw this up you've
1: screwed up every other one that you've ever done so <laughs> what would be the difference but, yeah
2: what's the what's the <laughs> difference
0: there so this movie in case you have not seen it yet it's hard to describe this movie but nicholas cage plays the father a father of three and a family of five who lives on his father's farm yes they have alpacas they raise alpacas. They also have crops and such. And one night, a rock falls from outer space. This, like, magenta rock falls from mm-hmm. outer space, crashes outside. Things go wrong. And basically, through the course of the movie, we learn that the rock has tainted the water supply, which just coincidentally, there's a hydrologist in the area there to test the water sample, the water table, for this new mayor who's running for office or running for re-election. As the rock's affects bleed into the water there's all these like things like there's like these creatures that like nobody sees until I guess it's too late there's like these giant fruits and vegetables that grow crazy mutations Nicolas Cage kind of everybody kind of slowly loses their mind Nicholas Cage smells something that he can't identify kind of becomes mad the mom goes through like temporary insanity cuts off a couple of her fingertips The son just kind of loses all sense of time and space. He just seems to be like losing time. The daughter like really doubles down on her Wiccan rituals. And the other son just kind of stares at the well to talk to his friend in the well. As the movie goes on, Shit gets Lovecrafty because this is based on a H.P. Lovecraft short story. And so at one point, the youngest son and the mom get fused together by lightning. Yep. And they become this, like, horrifying monster of a thing. All the alpacas and all the other animals in the area get fused together to become this, like, coalesced, diseased, whatever. <laughs> Another the thing. thing. <laughs> the hydrologist, who suddenly becomes, like, the protagonist of the movie in the last, like, half hour, shows up with the police Everybody dies, basically, in one way or another. in the
2: Lovecraft Country, pretty much, man. That's how it goes. And then go in the end,
0: uh, he has like a closing monologue where he's just like, you know, aliens could still be out there, but that's the color out of space, man. <laughs> and that's the movie. Like, yeah. it, that's not a fair at all explanation of what it is, but that's also kind of well, exactly what it is. We'll
1: get into it. You have to expand it more than just, you know, Crazy Rock crashes from space and makes everything that go things insane. Go weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to flesh that out just a little.
0: I have a thing to say. Okay. And this hurts my heart. Uh Uh-oh. I think this movie would be a lot better without Nicolas Cage in it.
2: Weird. I've heard that from
0: a lot of people. I think I like everything about this, and I think... I don't know if this is turning the tide on me, but I think he is by far the worst part of this movie. Really? Mm. I think I like this movie in spite of him. Hmm. I think... When we started this podcast, Mike, we set out to this, see... This is, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm having... I'm, I'm I know, like, I know. My brain is like I know, reforming parts of I saw, I saw, I saw of your score, like, cause <laughs> I was, score. I was wondering if you were going to align with me or if you were going to like it in spite of him or because of him, and I saw that you gave it a really high score. Yeah, for a really
1: combination of a lot of different things. When
0: you and I started this podcast, we wanted to prove or see if we could prove that Nicolas Cage was a good actor mm-hmm. and not just a series of memes. Right. And I feel like through the time where we caught up with Mm -hmm. Pay the Ghost, with our guest Chris Podcasts, Mm -hmm. I think with a few exceptions, he had pretty consistently shown a wider range than ever. He was never really overacting unless it was like on purpose, like in weird things where he's just like, hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to do my own version of the movie in Vampire's Kiss or whatever, right? Like there were reasons he'd went thing. And I feel like over the last few years, basically as we've done the show Since we caught up, Mm -hmm. he has leaned more and more into those trailer moments and the overacting and the voices. And I don't know why he does everything. Like he just feels like he's being Nicolas Cage in this movie. I, yeah. And
1: you don't like the vampires kiss? No, in I this? don't like it at all.
0: Mm. And we are rocketing toward a time where it's like the unbearable weight of talent oh, or whatever right, where the movie's he's called. Play himself. And I am just terrified. I hope
1: it's like something's in the well and, and in your backyard, and it's Nick Cage's future. <laughs>
0: and I should love this movie because it's beautiful and it's gross and it's weird and it's like gorgeous to look at and like it's crazy and yet a couple times that he like does the voice I'm I'm laughing and I'm like wait no I'm not they want me to laugh but I don't actually enjoy this
1: interesting
0: and I was so turned off by his performance in this movie I can't
1: believe what I'm hearing that I was just like oh this is
0: I I feel dirty saying this and you know writing but like I don't like him at
1: all in this movie. Whoa. i am going to process that. Just like immediate sort of like response to that. Like when this movie started, I was like, I never, I can't remember the last time I've seen him so tame and sort of reined in. And I was like, this is great. He's, he's, he can show he's being so simple here and everything. And I was like, I know shit's going to hit the fan at one point And I'm glad he's here to portray that. And I thought that this was more of a film that like, we could have a serious horror movie and actually play to some of his strengths. I could see it without him, but I'm glad he's here because if I want someone to portray the infinite madness of horror and stuff, like, I get it from him by the end of the movie and stuff. So, like, just sort of you know, immediate. I just had to get back. Yeah, no, had, no, like, no. Like I enjoy him in this a lot, and I'm I'm gonna see where you're coming from by the end of this. But like, yeah, I just not expecting to hear that at all.
2: I mean, it's what you're saying is fairly universal from what I've been seeing is that a lot of people don't like Nick Cage in this movie. Um, and I'm coming at this from the perspective of someone who like absolutely loves the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a huge fans. Part of why I wanted to be on this episode. I think the moment this was announced i was like shotgun yeah i was excited to see someone portray that like you said the the madness and the sanity loss that comes from being a lovecraft protagonist and lovecraft for what he is now is kind of this revered uh, author was you know, kind of pulpy and i thought cage would be perfect for that and i think the fact that he was restrained for so much of it means i think this was all really a decision that he made in how to portray that madness and it's very cagey. It does take you a little bit out of the movie. It reminds you you're watching Nicolas Cage and right. not not a character. Like he's like a nine out of ten on the Cage scale. I would say probably at times in this movie. <laughs> but I liked it. I, I thought it worked. But yeah, it is it is Nick Cage. You know that it's Nick Cage.
0: So I did not read the online reception before this. Like I didn't know. I, did yeah, not I didn't know. That know that any, was... I didn't read anything. Or... I Just read, read some. Le- I read the people that I follow on Letterboxd, their reviews of this after. And one of the people who saw the Fantastic Fest that I follow said that. He doesn't understand that criticism because if Nicolas Cage was not in this, Richard Stanley, who did direct but then got cut out of yeah. Island of Doctor Who, the whole years. like yeah. lost soul or whatever documentary. documentary about it. This is the first movie in 20 years. Like the, this guy that I was following said, if Cage was not in this, whoever they cast, the direction would probably be like act like Nicolas Cage. And I hmm. feel like while that's valid. That also sucks. Because I know that Nicolas Cage has more nuance than this. And it feels like there's one thing that said that Richard Richard Stanley said that his favorite Nicolas Cage movie is Vampire's Kiss. And he wanted him to play basically that character in this. Oh, okay, And right. it just irks me that this doesn't feel new or original it just feels like he's doing the voice like when he pops into a voice in like a lesser movie and i think my mm-hmm. part of my problem here is that this was supposed to be to me kind of an elevated fare like this was supposed to be like richard stanley's return this was supposed like, to be like Mandy, a bigger budget right? thing or like whatever exactly
1: he was like this but he never he had one scene in the bathroom this feels <clears> like <throat> a it spiritual
0: up. but like that also feels cathartic and genuine this yeah, just yeah, yeah. feels like goofy like when
1: he's in the car in this having his freak out and then his wife's just like oh, honey, like,
0: I don't understand, I don't get it. And I understand, Mm -hmm. like, the whole, like things need to get weird because that's the kind of movie this is yeah but he can get weird in a way that isn't what we've seen over and over again and it feels like to the same extent that we saw in mom and dad where he does the hokey pokey as he destroys the pool table it's like oh this is happening because people want this in the trailer but they're like oh did you see that he he sings the hokey pokey while he bashes the pool table like yeah. you gotta see this movie I, like here it's just like
1: oh he's doing this goofy voice while he shotgun. like just I think it's tough because especially at this point like I feel like he can't win like he, I feel like he's trying to improve Race Some of that side of himself Which that, is what has turned me against it, him Exactly, yeah, I think that's what's going on here It's like, now that he's in on himself Basically, and playing into it. some of it But I don't entirely Believe that, like, I think that That's what people think uh, That's Those are some thoughts out there, but I don't think Richard Stanley would have told another actor To act like Nick Cage, I think Cage is doing what he does and getting to where he get in any other movie that required this of him. But I think that part of it is also that we are such aficionados of Cage, like who have seen Vampires Kiss four or five times, yeah. that this is gonna be different and new to people. And and you know he's going back to the well. I don't want to do too many well puns during this. Do it. He is doing that to a degree, maybe to I don't know, maybe to to appease a certain audience or not. But I don't feel that, and I, I'm and I'm kind of bummed that you do feel that way about. It, I know. wanted to love this movie so bad, and like I love basically the first
0: like until he turns weird, and then basically once he's kind of removed from the movie, like I am all about this. But there's like a forty-five minute chunk in the middle where he's just like, <laughs> <or> like, <laughs> and like that's it's it's okay. And then it just turns, and then I'm like, oh, I don't like this at all, hmm. and it it hurts it hurts me that I feel that way. But that's what I feel.
2: There are more subtly nuanced ways you could do his kind of descent into madness. It would have required maybe some more characterization we don't really get that from almost mm-hmm. anyone of the family yeah it's 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 pulp it's what i was expecting going into it but as you were saying that i realized a lot of my criticisms are kind of nitpicky familiarity because i'm too close with lovecraft so i so think it's kind of the same thing you think? part of that but I, I think just being too close to the thing that i was there to see me out of it a little bit just kind of mm-hmm. like cage with you is like you are too close to it yeah. at a certain point
0: I will admit that part of the problem is that I have been looking forward to this for like a year and yeah. like literally for the last six months since the end of September when people saw the Fantastic Fest are like you have to see this movie That's... and then for like not that we have a huge listener base but we've had multiple people who like, like listen to the podcast are yeah. like when's the episode coming out we need to know what you th-. and I'm like I feel like there's like this this hype there's this buildup that, like, this was supposed to be the thing. Like, even huh. when our cage chain, where we had, like, six months in a row yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, We're like, this, this is, is going to be the six. crowning jewel, right? This yeah. is going to be the one that, like... Turns out it was Shestes. primal. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Score to settle, baby. Score to settle. But, like, I I admit that the same joy that I have in a score to settle where he is going crazy is exactly the same reason that I don't like this. But I think in my head, I was expecting... Better. I was All expecting right. more, because I felt it's... like this was supposed to be of a certain kind of film. Cal- like, a
1: cal- like a certain caliber, a certain level of
2: Because it has the pedigree. Horror, You're getting like... A24, man. Not yeah, every think... horror movie has to be No, but, but I don't want do that, but and... I want,
0: like, I just don't want the same nonsense that he seems to, like, especially over the last two years, right? Like, basically, yeah. I, was, I was looking, like, aside from Mandy, since we caught up, he has done honestly kind of zero great movies like Army of One we love yeah. but it's goofy like and it's it not for Mandy
1: anyway, right but I mean so, like but like yeah, but like, sin, yeah. Like, no it's I know what you're saying it's just disappointing it's weird I feel like I'm right in between you two like this hits such a sweet spot for me as far as Cage and Lovecraft like what I love about it just like even on a Cage and Lovecraft level is like most of their work lately Cage's stuff, like, usually is goofy over the top and out of control. Like, the last five movies we got this year that all went to video on demand, like, those are insane movies, you know is what he I'm saying?
2: On the, is he high on the Cage scale in those movies yeah, as well? Yeah, he gets there in but every that's, one of I them. That's, so I, think that's so, it. I think it's Overdose. I think this is the movie where he should have been high on the Cage scale, and the other is maybe he shouldn't have yeah. been, and that's what but is that's, maybe messing I with I think this world.
0: is also, in a way, the culmination of that, where, like, those movies get made because they have a five million dollar budget or whatever and he gets four and a half million and he has to overact because they have to be like go see the movie where Nicolas cage blank
1: but lit. this but this movie was riding on the name lovecraft not nick cage you know and richard stanley second even at that and cage probably third or second maybe i love you know like from beyond reanimator and Dagon, yeah. but those movies are schlocky yes. okay and it's hard to find like a serious well-done lovecraft mm-hmm. movie and i feel like this is it which is why me. it bothers- me here because I think everything else is awesome. I love uh-huh. everything else about this, and I just I'm like. But it's even one of the more pulled back performances. Even if you go and watch like from beyond, like everybody's oh, acting like. like Nick Cage in that movie. Like it's mad. It's like real madness.
2: What is that guy's name? Uh, who was in that trilogy with Barbara Crampton and um, the the actor? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The yeah, animator as well. uh Je- Jeffrey Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs. Yes, he is at like 10 on the cage level in those movies yeah.
0: too. I think that a lot of things sort of conspired in a way to make me dislike this. And I just it's a bummer. And like we were talking over lunch before we started recording this about movies that we watch that aren't what we expect. And then you sort of have to see the second time and you like might be able to get it more. Like You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I now know what the movie's trying to do. I don't think that can happen to me here because like I get what the movie's trying to do. I think the movie's doing exceptionally well what it's trying to do. I just think that at the core of it, is who ostensibly is my favorite actor, going back to this thing that he has done more
1: than once, and yeah. especially, like, in the last dozen movies. Another movie I thought of heavily while watching this that takes a completely different directorial direction, but dealing with the same thing as, like, Annihilation.
2: Man, we have the same notes. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, No, I thought that because it looks like it. And, like, like look it. what they do. They're yeah. going insane, well, and they're really kind of like... It's this weird cycle that Lovecraft is kind of unfilmable, especially doing direct adaptations. You look at Reanimator from Beyond, or even, like, some of the way worse versions of Lovecraft things, like the, the Necronomicon um, a short story collection.
0: Which, by the way, this is also his... Richard Stanley wants to do two more Lovecraft yes, adaptations. Yeah, I think this they the to Horror, trilogy. I believe, is one of them. Dunwich Horror is gonna come next.
2: Yeah, I'm very into that. But The best Lovecraft movies are taking the themes and the concepts and making them your own thing, and I think Annihilation is one of the best Lovecraftian movies ever. So, since it already kind of was Colorado Space, like, this is almost a. Like Colorado Space uh, an annihilation prequel, like mm. this is this is the thing hitting, and what happens before the the bubble blows out. Annihilation took from Lovecraft, made it its own thing. Other Lovecraft stuff that tries to hold itself to a higher standard almost feels derivative of the thing that was taken from Lovecraft in the first place. Yeah. It's a tough cycle it's to cra- break from.
1: It's even crazy because you just even said the word the thing, and
2: I thought of that mm-hmm. several times because the there were... dogs. Yeah, and this must
1: be where that originated from, the idea in the short story that animals were merging and blending mm-hmm. together to create these weird things, and then you look at the thing that, that Carpenter did, and that's a total homage to Lovecraft, like even a, finding an alien in the Arctic, yep. you know, and all that, and then just blending themes and imagery and all throughout all of his works and stuff so it's really funny how like the sort of derivative works are almost better than the straight adaptations i agree
2: i think that the most you see this is actually where lovecraft has kind of had his resurgence or the resurgence started and where it's kind of spirals downward is in video games lovecraft Mm -hmm. video games really are they don't get it
0: like what are some examples
2: call of cthulhu um there's two Cogthulhu Call games. One's called Dark Corners of the Earth, and the Cogthulhu game that just came out. Uh, and then The sink, Sinking City just came out. Then you have games that are inspired by it, like Summer Sea, Darkest Dungeon. Games like that. If you look at some of the, the less good Lovecraft games, you would think that all Lovecraft is is like green colors, very wet, drippy tentacles. Like, that is all Lovecraft is in a lot of the video games. Like, so much of Lovecraft is the themes of being an outsider, uh, being afraid of the unknown. Yes, let's just t- touch on it real quick. Virulent racist, horrible human being. Lovecraft was a bad person. Is he around the
0: 1800s? When was he, when was uh, he alive?
2: 1920s. 1920s, okay. when he was doing a lot of his writing. But uh, that informed a lot of his writing and a lot of the themes that carry through it. And he's not just tentacles and goop monsters. And that's why I think Annihilation is, is one of the best Lovecraft adaptations, because it deals with the change it symbolizes the change within you coming out of a traumatic process and being someone else and how you cope with that. This there's not a lot of subtext. It's just like right. y- you're a goop monster now.
0: I think what the issue is that I have here is what works in other cage movies and that what we talk about a lot on the Tom Hump podcast on the Cruise Club and Hangs of Memories is that like by casting actor X in your movie there's a shortcut. Right? like you cast mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, you know what kind of movie it is. You cast Tom Hanks, you kind of know what kind of. Movie. And like you, you can stray. There's there's genres or whatever. But like by putting an actor that everyone knows and sort of has a type, even if they have multiple types. So like you have a shortcut. Like you don't need to define the character. I mean, you should, but you don't have to define the character as much because people know what a Tom Cruise character is like. Mm-hmm. They're handsome and they're confident and they're cocky and they're admired and all this different stuff and like for good and bad you have a baseline and like you can either subvert that or you can like use that to like propel the character forward And i feel like by casting linkless cage here to your point they don't characterize at all because it's just like yeah he's a crazy guy Mm -hmm. you're gonna see him go crazy
1: yeah but how much is anyone else really characterized throughout the film too which i think is a drawback in there's no characters exactly but i I think that's a drawback across the board but But i I think that like
0: i don't mind that and again i don't mind the. Cage character not really having characterization because mm. I get like there's the moments it just what I have issue with is his performance if you put anyone else okay. doing the exact same things
1: I'd be like yeah all right which is weird because like he's the only one you're sort of asked to bring any knowledge of like I don't recognize or know any of these other actors except for Chong right out in the woods and like he's oh, basically no. I recognize both the brothers see I didn't I couldn't recognize anybody I didn't know I mean
2: I know you Who guys might... brother, Trump? the older brother is the brother in the guest oh, oh I really? the younger brother <laughs> is the glasses brother from ha- Haunting a Hill House so oh, oh, my I, haven't, I haven't seen
0: that yet so the younger brother actually is the son of I don't remember this character but Cage apparently has a daughter in Drive Angry and that actress her son in real life is this kid. Weird. Oh. Okay. So his well, okay. mom acted with Cage ten years ago, and now she
1: acts with Cage. Or but, he acts with Cage here. But the, I guess my point is like no one else is bringing anything to the table the way like oh you see Cast Away with Hanks and it's like oh I'm thinking of Hanks the whole time. It's like here I could see where it's like oh we casted Cage like we're thinking of Cage the whole time. He can't really disappear. In this movie, and reemerge as like a different character, you know, it's kind of tough.
2: Like I, I
1: still love it, you know, but I'm just trying to get where you're at. I'm just trying to sort of. I like...
2: get what he's saying though with the shortcut. It's like Richard Stanley, Lovecraft adaptation, Nicholas Cage, lots of colors and ambient soundtrack. It's like short list or yeah. sh- mm-hmm. short track to the 2020 cult status. Mm-hmm. It's like boom you know who this is going for without anything but those five bullet points. Yeah. Mm.
0: And there's a lot of movies that I feel like, and I don't think this is one of them, I feel like this is almost on its own, but there's a lot of movies that try to be the holy mountain. Right, that try to be like Elton, mm, that try uh-huh. to just like, like, like you guys get, like you know get stoned and like just watch this movie. It just and, don't like, expand your mind, dude. and it's like <laughs> yeah, okay. But then there's like the movies that actually like I feel like this is close, but like there's like a movie like Climax, like Gasper, ne- like Gasper is just like his own breed of mm-hmm. whatever. But like Climax feels like a ninety minute or hour long. It is heart attack. Like I I'm like hate this movie. This is a reason. it's a nightmare. I'm yeah. like I feel sick to my stomach watching this, and I can't look away. Yeah. Like there's movies that are able to somehow. Take, like, the thing that, like, oh, like, you need to see this experience, like, you need to experience this, whatever, right? And they're able to, like, execute on that. And I feel like, I don't know that this ever would have gotten there. I feel like it would have gotten close
1: but just that what I bring to the table here. Well you know what's interesting is what did this really well but sort of in reverse and we mentioned it I think at lunch is uh, Uncut Gems right is like there's a movie that is just like a two hour anxiety attack right and then it's like wait but Adam Sandler is like giving me <laughs> yeah. this anxiety attack yeah. like how did that and it's like all of these expectations have been immediately subverted yeah. and now I'm even more anxious about what's going on so I'm I'm, I'm sort of like leaning closer to you here.
2: If it wasn't Nick cage we probably would have got the dad being played by John Travolta, though they Witch. clearly wanted to go for goof a little bit, like that cult status. Here, I think you're right about that.
0: But like, I think the other issue that I have with this, and I know this is my own breed of psychosis or whatever, is that I know that people are gonna see this movie and be like, "Oh, there's that goofy Nick Cage. Like, I love this movie yeah. because look at him being." And like, that's what bothers me because I feel like this gives credence to what we try to disprove. Yeah. I thought we disproved. I thought we did disprove other movies. Is like he's a big game hunter on a boat, like hunting a white tiger in Primal. That's insane, but like it's a million dollar movie. Like it doesn't, who, who cares? Like, yeah, no yeah. reason to see Primal. This is a movie that, even though it's a cult movie that not a lot of people have seen, this is a movie that people were looking forward to. That this is like has been billed as like the next great Nick, like the best Cage movie since Mandy, right? Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. the one, the only one since Mandy in the last yeah, year and a half years, or whatever so that yeah. people are like, this is the one to see. Yeah. And I feel like people going to this are going to have that confirmation bias, like crazy Cage. I love it because look what he's doing here.
1: Oh. And
0: that, it bothers me that, because I know he can do more. We've seen him do more literally dozens of times. Yeah. We've seen him play other characters that aren't ham fisted and over the top that we can see him do well effectively, and yet he's not. He's just relying on things that he's done before. And I know that he's got more in the tank, I think, right. I hope. Yeah. But it just feels like. Do that thing from Vampire's Kiss. Do that weird voice you do. Mm-hmm. It just feels, I think, and a lot of this might just be the voice. Because, like, we've seen this voice. Yeah, the voice is pretty dumb. And the voice, he's done the voice in a couple other movies recently, too. Yeah. So like, why are you doing this other than just, like, you want to be goofy?
1: Right, right, right. I mean, I mean, he brings about the voice to mock his own father. And, and then later he sort of, like, takes up the voice because he is feels like he's become him to it I'm just saying story wise plot wise like they've actually it's not like he just comes out and like starts talking funny it's like there's actually like a story reason for him to start doing the voice right and then so I mean I can understand like it didn't need to be Vampire's Kiss voice but he had to do something there like even if it was Bogart you know which maybe I would have preferred him doing some more bogies. but hopefully what I'm thinking this, and I agree with you too I think like this was very much being looked forward to as like the next Cage movie uh-huh. you gotta see that'll prove to you it's what he, it's who he is and everything And yep. I think a lot of people are gonna watch this movie and not be impressed by it to be quite honest with you and I think that might be what is happening where like Cage fans are like yes this is working but other people are like oh like I'm back on the other side of the fence now. I don't know that I do like Nick Cage if this is what he's all about. Like, I'm sort of sensing like that might actually start happening a little bit more and it's going to, you know, the the wave is sort of going to come back. Like, I feel like the tide is going to roll back. After this for a while, and people are sort of maybe not forget about him, but not be as like internet meme about him anymore for this. Because. I also feel like he has like nobody cares about Nicolas Cage anymore. There, I think there was like the time where like there's a couple years
0: where like it was the meme, but now like the internet just moves too fast, and he is he's irrelevant. Like, right, and right. I don't say that condescendingly
1: because I mean that's our no, but that's I mean, our it's brand, not like right? alpaca status. Yeah, yeah, it's not like alpaca is gonna be like you know. I want to talk
2: about that really quickly. yeah Okay, <laughs> Nicolas Cage is to the point where like any movie he's in, if he has some sort of uh, eccentric idea the character for the movie he basically demands it right like the alpaca thing just seems like it's like the movie
0: it, where Nicolas Cage milks an alpaca
2: which sounds like a fucking cards against humanity card yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a real sentence but like I'm thinking of that I don't remember the name of the movie that I was texting you about where you're like it was atrocious sounds like it was kind of fun where it's uh Nick Cage plays like a mobster and uh, basically doing the um, uh, Andy Kaufman character Arsenal yeah it might be Arsenal yeah, it, yeah like, Arsenal guys, with Arsenal's Vinny the... Chase yes yep. yes there we go oh, yeah.
0: Arsenal is that that's the sequel to that's
2: sort of the pseudo sequel yeah. to Downfall but he yeah. basically that's like, he wasn't told, like, you're, he's like, you're going to play a mobster. And he came in, he's like, I'm doing, I want to call him Tony Montana. What the hell was the character that um, Andy Kaufman did? Tony Clifton. He's doing Tony Clifton in that whole movie. Like, he just gets to do weird eccentric shit if he comes up with Ghost Rider 2 or with the, the, the face and stuff like that. I feel like he also brought some weirdness to the movie on his own and you're gonna get that with Cage. It's like part of the deal is he's gonna be like, no, all the horses in the script have to be alpacas but and think, you're just like, oh, we're all right, Nick. Yeah, there's a
0: certain thing where in both good and bad ways that I feel like almost as media and entertainment gets more fragmented, it feels like more things are getting made with nobody saying no, and I think that sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like it feels mm-hmm. like no one said no to Quentin Tarantino in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's just like, hey, this is the movie. Uh, we're gonna have Al Pacino talk about the beautiful of like the you know the beauty of 35 millimeter film in the beginning for 10 minutes because like fuck you, I love film, and like this is what we're, and it's just like, all right, cool. And then like you see the Amazon series Too Old to Die Young, where like no one told Nicholas Winding Refn no, and like the first three <laughs> it's episodes, amazing. I'm, like, I'm like, why am I watching this? And I'm like, by the end, I'm like, it's real time. Thank you for saying for never saying. No, because like you are this is most the most committed that anyone's <laughs> ever been to a vision and like I love how off-putting it is because like by the end you're like oh no this is my favorite thing of all time then I feel like to a certain extent like no one told like and no one has told Cage no yeah in decades like he needs someone like he needs to go into like a Tarantino movie or something where like yes, he, can be, exactly. he can be exactly like, you be like stop what you're doing you nailed like, it you have something in there you need someone like a stronger willpower than Nicolas Cage which I know is hard to find now but you need someone to be like like, stop it, you're better than this. Well, yeah,
1: that's what, he's hes sort of stuck in this, it's what happened when he fell into, like, VOD land, you know, and now when he's sort of trying to come back out of it with films like this, and it's like, Richard Stanley's not gonna say no, no. to Cage, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not like you're not gonna get him to, but like, you're right, it's gonna take a Tarantino or, like, you know, Spielberg or, like, Scorsese or someone is gonna have to come up and be or like, even hey. you, Or even you, were
0: like, the Safety brothers. Just, like, what they right. do. Just like, right. Just, like, stop someone... it.
2: Like, you're not bigger than, like... I think like... he probably got reined in Mandy a little bit. Not entirely, because he did, did yeah. still do, like, those weird Bruce Lee faces every now and then. But I think he was... Reigned in a little bit in that movie.
0: Which is why that works. Yeah. Which but is I why also like these feel are... like that
1: might have been, like you're saying, that could have come from him too, where he's like, in this one, I'm going to be subtle as possible or whatever. Or that's what happens so
2: that's... when you have like four divorces and bought dinosaur bones and a sarcophagus and a. Yeah get <laughs> to be buried in is you got to do these you got to do every single movie I just that like comes across your desk
0: in an era where there are so many filmmakers who are basically like breaking actors like you hear from the set of the lighthouse like robert pattinson wanting to literally punch robert eggers in the face because he is like making him stand outside in the pounding rain mm-hmm. and do the scene over and over again almost to like a kubrickian or like a David Fincher level but then you see the movie you're like oh he it was mm-hmm. for a purpose like right. it works right, right. you have people like this which is like oh yeah like Nick like what the story that I talk about a couple times like when I saw the trust at South by Southwest rest in peace South by Southwest mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the directors were on stage and they were talking about how like when you get Nicholas Cage in your movie that's where your budget goes to but the other side is that like when you have Nicolas Cage in your movie your movie gets distribution and I feel like there's so many people especially you know either up-and-coming directors or people who have not made a movie in 20 years that they're like, oh, this is my chance to have eyes on my movie. I don't want to do anything to like have him walk off or not want to do press or whatever. And I feel like I don't know if he has any interest in being told no, and I think yeah. that's a bummer. Yeah, all the movies he's got—he's got like eight or something movies that are still to come, right? And like, yeah. there's two that everybody's looking forward to. There's one that I'm really looking forward to, which is The Prisoners of the Ghost Land, which is like his oh, first. Yeah. But
1: then there's Jiu-Jitsu, which is looks really good. But, but I is it going to be good, or is it going to be know. like like it there's, there's like, certain movies yeah.
0: that the kind of director that has a like clout and like yeah, he yeah, might yeah. tell Nicolas Cage no, or
1: Cage will just do whatever he said, right? Like right. He'll have the reverence of being like I'm working with a master. Yeah, that might be part of it. Cage respecting the director enough to but he doesn't respect Richard Stanley i guess well maybe he does but richard stanley is just too much of a fanboy to be like to 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 say like that you know do this instead do that instead or, i just know.
0: feel i feel like i get that but i feel like in this era where we have nicolas cage about to play himself in the movie and recreate scenes from his life. It's Is that like, happening? Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't know about that? Oh no.
2: Coming uh-huh. out next
0: year, I think he's playing. It's called the un- unbearable bear, weight un- unbearable of unbearable weight of talent or something
2: like that. Where he plays himself. That's an awesome adaptation. <laughs> <of communication. laughs> he's playing
0: himself, and he's re- they're recreating film scenes from he's past. Sort his of life. having like
1: a. Are they going to tark in
0: his face like so he I looks, don't like know. young and
2: plastic? But I am. Yeah, they're going to
0: terrify this movie yeah, I an think, Irishman. Image. I think this movie is going to be very bad and
2: this I'm
1: can... sort of on the other side where it's like I'm I'm very much looking forward to this but because this I feel be... like it's going to be all at once like everything well, you yeah. can do this but... might be the most
2: head-ass Nick Cage though like this, this completely self-serving Ouroboros Nick Cage face eating Nick Cage face could it
1: break it like could it break him and go from five or six video-on-demand movies a year to like none or maybe one and like is that gonna start is his star gonna fit start finally fading like is that mm-hmm. something that'll do it his star is faded
2: yeah he's in like the cameron mitchell point of his career.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess you're right i just have these blinders on because we do this show that like i feel like i have a problem because maybe i'm in this i'm in this area where it's like he can't do anything wrong right now like having him in a lovecraft movie any lovecraft movie to me feels like perfect like you know so that's why it's sort of that's why i'm kind of bummed that you didn't enjoy it as much it's not that i didn't enjoy
0: it it's that like he expressly kept me from enjoying it which Mm. is like the bigger issue like it hurt it never thought i'd hear that
2: can we talk a little bit about the the movie outside of cage is that that cool oh yeah i think there's some really good stuff in there i also do
0: want to say that the daughter i told you this before
2: is played by from the
0: netflix hit smash movie to all the boys i love before Lana Condor's boyfriend's ex girlfriend. Of course,
2: that classic character. But
0: like, she's good in those two movies. Like, she's, she's very good. She hasn't been in stuff, and, like, she's cool. And I feel like my one issue, and we can, maybe this can bridge into something, or maybe it can't, but I think my issue with the movie kind of is that it has a protagonist problem. Okay. And then it starts out, it feels like it's her movie. Like, we see her first. Yes. And then we think it's maybe the hydrologist movie. And then it kind of becomes Nicolas Cage's movie because how can it be, how can he be on screen and it's not his movie? And then all of a sudden it becomes the May, like, the, then just the town's movie? Like, and then becomes the and like I feel like it never sticks with someone mm-hmm. and I feel like the wildly different points of view, both work and hold it back and I think that the daughter is really fascinating I think the hydrologist like when he's out in the woods like things are going weird that's interesting too but it's like well why are we here like we should be at the house it's just I don't that's mm-hmm. another thing that has I have issues following
2: that's a Lovecraft adaptation problem have you read the short story yes I actually reread it for uh, is it told for from this. one person's perspective okay so it is told from a hydrologist perspective that wow. is the thing they're going to <laughs> nice. flood the region to make a new reservoir like, okay. like in the movie okay he goes to the town and the town is like, Yeah, we don't go there. The it's called the blasted heath. It is just basically what we see at the end of the movie with the, the white oh, expanse flattened plains. Yeah. They say like, you know, stuff's bad. This is we don't talk about the dark times around here anymore. Uh-huh. Um, this hydrologist goes out there, they're like, Well, there's one guy who still lives out in the margins of the area, is basically squatting there. He was there. He'll talk about it. Hmm. Is that the Tommy Chong a character off. or is it a Cage? So it is... I think that's what the Tommy Chong character is supposed to be, but it's not the same. So the hydrologist goes there, and then the entire story is this squatter telling him the story of this family from 40 years ago. Huh. It's like so a first-person account that okay. is being told in third... Yeah, it's weird. Because it feels um, like the that's Tommy very Chong crap, character
0: though. has zero purpose in this movie.
2: Yeah, he doesn't have much purpose. Well, I
0: don't know. I, like I, I, th- I enjoy I, his character, but like... He's there to keep the sun. The a bit. Well,
1: I think like that's the, he's he's pretty thematic, right? Like you know, there's a lot of psychedelics and things like that going on in this movie, and I think he represents. You know, they even said like Cage, the daughter even said like he did too much acid in the '60s mm. or whatever. Like I think they're trying to set up a lot of like freaky, freaky, deaky kind of stuff and like that kind of thing. And Tommy Chong comes out with a lot of like the not the themes of the movie, but a lot of what the speculation as to what is going on, you know, like, yeah. And like the way I like the portrayal of like how he's like, they're aliens that came down on the rock, but they're like in the atmosphere or in the airwaves and like, just, trying to sort of understand that is very difficult for me but I enjoy it and at the end when he's like they're making our world like theirs but we can can never understand that like I'm digging why he's here I wish there was actually a little more of him I feel like he needed an extra scene maybe uh, and I can't believe Cage never interacted with him once like he's living on his property and we never get a scene between the two of
0: them I think that just goes back to the like they don't know how to tell two timelines in a single timeline right (laughs) because it's like we need this character because to your point like he elucidates the themes of the movie, even though you kind of get it. I I feel like you don't lose anything if he's not in it. Okay. Maybe things are a little bit more obscure, you have to think a little bit more, but like you're going to get I love the the final shot of
1: him, at least, when they go into his trailer at the end and see what he's sort of become. Like, I think that really puts a nice point on things for me anyway, but. Yeah. More so than actually seeing like other worlds and other dimensions, you know, like that was great stuff too, but I was sort of like, didn't really need to go that far.
0: So the story, so the story the movie tells is the same as the short story, except it's, it's very. Kind of it's
2: maybe the closest Lovecraft adaptation because is that um, a good thing? Yeah, I think so. Reanimator is pretty long, but it definitely the movie goes off way off of that. Um, From Beyond is very short, maybe like six pages, so they really had to expand. Benjamin Button's a twenty-five page short story that's a three-hour movie, right? Well, so like... And then there's people who uh, take a hundred fifty-page Great Gatsby and have to add horrible bullshit to it and ruined the movie. But anyway, Yeah, but Leo dances. Uh, but, you know, so this, this I think, is one of the closest Lovecraft adaptations. There's a couple little changes. Don't, they don't matter to me. Um, It was three. He had three sons. There There's no aspect of, like, the whole witchcraft thing, I guess. Okay. Kind of talking about that is interesting because that seems very, that felt very un-Lovecraft to me, bringing in this concept of, like, religions from our world that we understand. Even though she's, so this, right, two two things that kind of come together so many Lovecraft references, like all of the Lovecraft okay. references you expect. He plays all the hits. Miskatonic uh, University yep, shirt, t-shirt. Arkham, the the seven-day forecast for Arkham, Innsmouth, and Dunwich. Like, Oh, I know. All on the TV yeah. screen. Yeah. <laughs> so you're hitting all of that. She has a copy of the Necronomicon uh, in paperback. She uses it. Yeah, well, good for uh, <laughs> Abdul Hazorad for getting published in, in paperback. It's a lot cheaper, probably, than binding books in human skin at this point. Well, it
1: makes you think of, like, you know, they didn't want to publish the new Woody Allen biography. Like, they're
2: still making Necronomicon. <laughs> And, stuff. and and she uses it to and I guess I kind of want to also talk about the ending and your interpretation of it in in the story hobo whatever you want to call him the, the the weird guy the Tommy Chong esque character um, comes back to town because they're finding weird shit in okay. the woods and they go back there with a couple of people and and police and they basically see the family completely like done like decomposed they do, do the attic stuff they talk about that. Um, But by this point, you know, the family lives in the well, essentially, except for the cage guy, who is actually just like, he just disintegrates in front of them. Mm -hmm. And so at the very end, like, there's no, like, whatever we'll talk about, there's no her going Super Saiyan or whatever like that in this uh, short story, that everything starts going bad, and it seems like the aliens are leaving, and they just run. This character looks back, he's the only one that looks back and uh, it's kind of like Lot from the Bible so um, Gamora, yeah, he, he, he looks back and he like loses it because everyone sees the aliens going back into space he sees that some of it stays in the well so he's the only one with the knowledge mm, that no. like it's still here and he the hydrologist yeah no no the, uh, the, Tommy, Chong. the Tommy Chong and then okay. he tells that to the hydrologist and that's how we get the whole like they're gonna do the reservoir but I'm never drinking the water that's like straight out of the, uh. the story so that's how that ends the aliens just get their shit and leave this has this whole aspect of I interpreted it in a a way how did you interpret what happens at the end
1: I basically figured that they took off not man leave is I don't know exactly like okay so she definitely opened up like a portal so that more could come. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this is like the end of Howard the Duck. Like, the Dark Overlords are coming down, and they're going to inhabit, and they're going to take over the place. He shot an arrow straight through my heart. <laughs> what, well, with the Howard the Duck? Well, that's just a, that's a lyric from the song. Oh, well. Yeah, I was like, okay, they're coming down, they're going to inhabit and everything, but then there's like this huge explosion, so like, maybe they were leaving after all? I, I wasn't really sure, but I was at a point at that where I, I didn't really care. I was like, I'm not really supposed to be able to comprehend what's happening here that's what I was in for you know and I was like fine with that kind of thing so I'm not even crystal clear on like what my reading like what exactly Mm -hmm. happened there and I don't know how the one kid survived out of out of that entire blast like the water guy was left behind yeah. like completely unharmed and everything but I, like I say i had like a hell of a fun time watching it like yeah. watching her like go like all purple and the the wormhole open up and everything but uh, i almost thought they could have just ended it there when that exploded and then just been like try and put it together you know, like on your own
0: i think it almost it might be like metaphorical like she just sort of showed
2: i, I don't know like it, if there was more symbolism and subtext to that ending i think i i would not mine but it just this movie just seems like pure plot lovecraft greatest hits like it didn't seem like there was any i was wondering if i missed some sort of symbolism other than like you know a very vague environmental message that this movie has yeah i i didn't see metaphor in that ending i was wondering i don't know that i
0: don't know that there is but i'm just thinking that like if it doesn't happen because i didn't think of that until you said that it doesn't happen in the book and i'm wondering if like if it actually happened or she's just like Instead of him, like, running away and looking back or whatever, if she's just showing him, like, what could be... You know what I mean?
1: Like, I Yeah, don't... it's tough, because I remember sitting at the end... I'm, not that it's at the end, but I remember sitting through watching this going, like, okay, like, what are, like, the overarching themes? Like, is it an environmental thing? Like, you know, they're out there in the woods, but, you know, if my Herzog has taught me anything, it's that, the you know, nature is lethal. Like, it mm. doesn't matter. It will kill you. But this thing isn't quite nature. It's from space. So was yeah. like, okay, is it science versus witchcraft or like is it nature versus science is there something like that going on but no i don't ultimately i don't think mm. that's a theme it's a muddied message either
2: yeah And, and yeah. from a plot perspective i i felt like he was doing very like lovecrafty kind of like the modern interpretations of lovecraft that kind of come from like the games and the role-playing game which is very much pervaded like lovecraft in general where it's like it seemed like she cast like the spell from the necronomicon right and she has mm-hmm. the rune on her. It's like, she basically says she prays to a deity and she says, like, protect me and take me away from here. The interpretation I got out of it, which I think is me kind of adapting some of Lovecraft themes onto it, was as the color is expanding its fullest, it takes her. And whatever God, because the gods in the Lovecraft universe are not all, like, working together. Like, they're all, like, kind of either ambivalent or don't like each other. So I think, like, whatever God she prayed to was like, okay, no, no, I, I hear your wish. And you get a little, uh. of, like, Wishmaster reporting for duty, where instead of, like, it protects her. She's not absorbed by it. It just, like, oblivion is better. And it just pretty much, like, you got your wish and just... Hot, like poof.
1: So I like that a lot because I remember there. Be, there's lots of like sorcery and stuff, right? In Lovecraft, like it's not so much yeah. witchcraft, but it's like summoning and a lot of cult stuff. Yeah, a lot rituals. of that culty stuff. And I was sort of getting that just from the opening shot of her doing her little like right. breast cancer ritual thing for her mom and everything like that. So I do like that. And I also noticed, and I think this came up big in in like From Beyond, and I think some other stuff like the pineal gland, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like opening up your third eye and all yeah. that. And she has that drawn on. And at the end, and it actually like shimmers and yep. opens up and it happens to a couple other characters too and stuff so like I'm down with that interpretation I just think like the issue is like you're so well versed in Lovecraft that you could sort of decipher that from what's going on
2: I think I'm maybe adding a little of that but I don't, I don't think don't that it's, really it's
1: not to say that it's not there either it's just that there's a lot of, th- this movie is very cryptic right like and it yes could I probably know. benefit from being a little more straightforward but it also feels too straightforward yeah like kind I of, think it gets it's kind of neither,
0: right? Like, because I think that because like, I
1: think when the kid's like, "Oh, I'm talking to my friend in the well," and he's just whistling, I'm like, "Well, what is? I don't get that really." I hated that. Yeah, and all the high pit, and like you're saying with the smelling and stuff. Like, I feel like these are things that could be ex- like you could give a clear cut thing as an explanation
2: to something. Somewhere. But I also feel
0: like I don't know if that's the Lovecraft or the or Richard Stanley or whatever. They're just like, yeah, we're not going to tell you. Well, this is
2: why Lovecraft is so hard to adapt. Is you get a couple of the whole Lovecraft is like things you cannot possibly comprehend that when you see them you immediately lose your mind the color out of space in the story is not this bright nicholas whining rough pink it's like um it's a color that's literally not on our spectrum and you can do that because in...
0: the color is pink or purple or magenta or whatever and like apparently it's not on the normal scale like it's some kind of comedy or whatever but like the mayor and the news vans come up and they're just like what color is he? he's like it's kind of pink. actually no color yeah, that but it's like that's no the you can't reference. say it's not a color that you've never seen before because it's pink we all know that like we see that as pink like i guess writing is going to allow you to like it's always this, the thing that you don't see is scarier that's right? why he's
2: unadaptable yeah
0: which is almost why like in annihilation to bring it back to that like the nightmare bear with the two mouths like by keeping it sort of simple you're like oh god damn like what is happening here and like you hear sort of hear it speaking with a human voice but also not and it's like you're not sure what you're seeing here just like oh no that's pink like why are you mm-hmm. saying that you can't identify the color like yep. That's pink.
2: And then the the other kind of, I guess, Lovecraftian maybe thing we get is is the merger of the two characters, which is really horrifying. And it's it's a unique visual. Um, I guess I may be kind of the thing because we already get that. But I think it the sound that it makes, really horrifying. But then yeah. it turns into like a thing monster. It's, yeah. It is. A spider person. And thing, a lot of yeah. the stuff in the house is like relying on these familiar like ghost story or exorcism tropes that we like have kind of seen and like they don't belong here. It's because you just can't do that much with a visual interpretation of Lovecraft without falling back on things that you do know because it's so unknowable. And Mm -hmm. I think that Kind of actually hurts the last fifteen minutes of the movie for me until the the well part.
0: So I actually, where does this fall in terms of like rating or in terms of how you feel about it?
2: I watched it with a friend and he had very uh, very similar um, ideas and, and reactions to it that I did. A little bit disappointed by the ending, enjoying it up until a certain point, enjoying like a very slow burn and odd pacing, but but feeling it and vibing with it. He has less Lovecraft knowledge than me though, and he was like B plus and I was like B minus. But I think if I just had less knowledge, I probably would have put out a B plus. I think. I'm a little too close to the material I'm expecting too much I'm ex- I'm expecting that you can't do it honestly at this point especially just pure adaptation so I enjoyed it I think it's the best Lovecraft adaptation that is a straight out of his story like is pulled from the playbook because I think like it's what, better than From Beyond. It's better than Reanimator because
0: I haven't seen those movies. They're
2: good, and okay, I think good.
0: the only thing that I know, like when you say Lovecraftian, all I think is like weird hybrid animals. Like that's all that I know. And so, like I, when I when I happens, like oh, I get that. Like the few, the weird fusing. Like seeing it is like crazy, but then like when she's like when he's like feed your mother double on actually like
1: like Alien the first Alien movie is like a Lovecraft story basically Man. like that's that's like the the, the the mountains of madness like okay. it's pretty much like that like we're going to this we're get. it's basically dealing with the unknowable and not being okay. able to like comprehend and kill it. All of the sort of character traits that emerge in people when confronted with such kind of crisis and you know, knowledge.
0: I wonder where I would fall if Lovecraft stuff doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. But then, like you've been, like you said earlier when I was pointing my thing, is that like I'm held back in another perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I guess it's like kind of four classes. There's like what you're held back by, what I'm held back by, people held back by neither, and then people who, like, lean into both, and that's <laughs>
2: well,
1: it's, it's weird, because when I think of Lovecraft, I think of fish fuckers, for
2: some well, reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that, that's color, the thing I was talking about. Like shape, is just, like, of shape of Water. Shape of Water is a great Lovecraft adaptation, uh, or a Lovecraft um, inspired <laughs> one, true. too, as well.
1: But, like, I think, yeah, like, mutant people praying to ancient gods and just, like, you think you know and you never, you know, you you're never gonna know. You know, basically the last shot of uh, Indiana Jones 4 where the alien just goes, "Here's every all the knowledge in the
2: universe and your brain explodes." Mm. Oh, you mean the
0: best Indiana Jones movie?
2: Mutt Williams for life. There's a really good and obscure Lovecraft movie called Cthulhu that has absolutely nothing to do with Cthulhu. Cool. It's super low budget. It is uh maybe like 2008. Is it black and white? It is not. That is okay. a, just a fan version of of Call of Cthulhu, and that is terrible.
1: Okay, that's the one I think I ripped off Netflix way back when.
2: This is maybe a a really good way to do modern Lovecraft and hit the themes. Um, It's about a a gay man whose mother dies, and he goes back to see his estranged family who is very religious and to, like, help make plans, and he just... It's a small religious town. They don't like him. He doesn't want to be there, but he feels like he has to be. So a lot of those outsider feeling like you're not yourself uh those themes that lovecraft kind of those are the adaptable themes i guess is what i'm trying to say the human themes that lovecraft in all of like his own neuroses and uh xenophobia like put into his work is actually the stuff that's most adaptable today with like in 2008 it was probably uh you know religious anti-gay kind of uh metaphor Today you can do trans stuff there there's now it's almost more relevant, but they're still just doing the goopy stuff, and that's that's what bugs me the most, mm. I think, yeah, Is that it's there, but they're they're whiffing they're taking the the plush Cthulhu and the miskatonic u stuff, and
1: yeah, I think that that's that's like the mainstream. Kind of conception of yeah. of Lovecraft are the monsters. It's like monster stuff, but like not like what you're saying. Or it's like the core of it, the outsiders. You're not stuff. going deep enough. I mean, or they're or they're funny that that, that there are plush
2: Cthulhu's. And yeah. things. It's
1: like, who wants a yogg Saga plush doll or something? Yeah. Like and I mean, that. I'm
2: I'm guilty of it. I I, dig, I I have an Elder Sign tattoo. Like I I definitely play into a lot of those pop culture tropes of Lovecraft too, because I, I mean, I play the I play the RPG. I love it. Um, I'll get most Lovecraft games if they're. I've watched you just, played one. Yeah. <laughs> we struggled through one yeah. thing on Twitch. <laughs> and um, I mean I my my Twitch right now we're we're going through a bunch of indie Lovecraft inspired games and it's there but um, there is a personal aspect to Lovecraft that is entirely missed by almost every adaptation except you know that one random movie which is basically a reinterpretation of Shadow of Innsmouth but using those themes and, and Annihilation. I think those are maybe the only two that have gotten close. I guess maybe where I'm disappointed is that this didn't have any subtext or Lovecraftian concepts. The short story doesn't as much either, but yeah, there's just so much more you could do, and they didn't. But it's a good story in and of itself. Mm. I'm disappointed in the same way I'm disappointed with any Lovecraft adaptation, but this is still the best one. It's kind of what I was trying to get at, I guess.
1: I think we mentioned to each other before going on the air that there's actually other versions of this story have been filmed I would like to seek out one or two of those at some point and just see you know the limitations of the times and the ways that he's been adapted through the years and how close and on the mark any of that stuff is
2: you mentioned I don't want to steer your thunder on this one I, no. I, I looked up that there was um, Die Monster Die with Boris Karloff was an adaptation of it and okay. 1987's The Curse starring Will Wheaton I want to call him Wesley Crusher because I can't remember. <laughs> That's all I know, Mass. Um, I need to. I want to see that because I want to see how close it is. And there's there's been like weird Lovecraft adaptations. There's like a couple of weird '50s Corman like versions of. Case of Charles Dexter Ward and stuff like that Dunwich Horror point Out was probably one of the more well-known adaptations of it if you're a horror head at all
1: Creepshow right Uh, I think it's the second story the Stephen King one what was the name Uh, The
2: Strange Death of Jordy Merrill yeah
1: so that's basically have you seen that Joey Creepshow part
2: one it's Stephen King's bar cover version of color out of space, essentially.
1: Yeah, it's basically a rock lands in a farmer's backyard, and it, uh, the growth spreads all over, including himself, until it's, it's covered everything, and then he just blows his own head off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's basically, yeah, it's basically color out of space, like, yeah, the you know, okay, Super
2: straightforward. I, I would recommend it. I mean, if, 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 if we're... This movie. Yeah, if we're talking about people who are curious about what Cage Club wanted, granted, I'm not a, I'm a, not a Cage Club regular, but I would recommend this movie if you're curious about Nick Cage, Lovecraft... You know, Richard Stanley, neon horror, any combination of that. Like, this is worth watching.
0: I think it's worth watching. I just don't think it's anywhere near what it could have been.
2: Hmm. And for different reasons, I completely agree with you.
0: If you could only watch one, or if you could only tell people to watch one, this or Mandy, would you say is there any is there any reason to say this Ooh, one over Mandy? No. Like, I think in everything that this is trying to do, like they're they're sister movies.
2: Mandy made me feel something, so on that alone. Yeah. Yeah. Mandy's,
1: I don't. In a weird way, that's like even more unique. You know, this is an adaptation that came from nothing, and it's insane right so like i think just edges it out a little bit so maybe i would like this
0: more if i watched on mute with subtitles because like the colors the effects are all gorgeous i don't hear cage's stupid accent I think I never, I
1: never would have imagined that coming out of your mouth. Like I'm so floored today. Cage's stupid accent, like. But like we heard. Chris you're here for a milestone. I know. I was
2: working on my cage impression in the car just to see if I was going to bust out. I realized that my cage impression is just like a really bad mashup. Is that what you said when you
0: when you got here? You're like, I have something to do in the car. I was just using the car, like, just practicing your cage. No, no,
2: no, no. But I realized my impression is just like a mixture of Jimmy Stewart and Jodie Foster. Well, okay. because his okay. voice, like, he's
0: so inspired by Jimmy Stewart and by Bogart and, like, everything. like oh, yeah. He's got a couple of voices that he's done. He's done this Vampire's Kiss voice. Mm-hmm. He does the Charlie Bodell the high pitch. Peggy Sue Got Married, yeah, which is kind of the, like, uh, Mickey Mouse almost kind of voice, yeah, sort I of. pretty much called And the then he's got voice. the classic old-timey... Yeah, 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 See?
1: Yeah, like the Humphrey Bogart stuff.
0: And then he's got his own voice. So, like, he's... Got, he's gone to these wells, and I feel like recently, not that Doggy Dog is a great movie, but at least at the end there, where like things have broken very badly, and like he has lost. And mm-hmm. I understand that what I'm saying here as like why it makes sense is also like it feels counterintuitive why this doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> but like in Doggy Dog, like where he's driving that old couple at the end, and he's like acting like Humphrey Bogart because he's like in the dream sequence because he's lost basis with reality i know mm-hmm. that he's lost base with reality here but i just feel like that was maybe the first time we'd seen something i feel like if he just made a different acting choice like, i don't mind that he's going over the top i just mind that like he's doing the same thing that we've seen he's done revisiting, before yeah. and he's also done it a couple times recently in like less clearly decidedly lesser things
1: yeah no i it's true i can't argue with that it doesn't bother me i actually kind of like i kind of liked it you know all, all i can say is like i feel like What he's doing is at least appropriate to the material, whereas he's been in other movies doing the same stuff and it's not, it doesn't belong there, right? So at least, like, it fits the package. And I understand why it's bothering you because, like, there was an opportunity to do something else, but then, you know, it would have been a complete, not a completely different movie, it would have been a very different movie. You know, you just, it would have been directed entirely different, like, I don't think you would have gotten the wormhole and as much crazy effects at the end either. Like, I think it just wanted to go big or go home, and and it went as big as it could in every direction, and I'm kind of glad it did.
2: I'll watch the next Richard Stanley Lovecraft one. Is he trying to do like a whole
1: sort, sort of, of three? Because I know James Wan also was circling uh, the Dun Dunwich Horror. Is mm-hmm. that... Do people love this because they
0: love it, or people love this because they're like
1: they have the hubris of like I can adapt what's never been adapted?
2: By. He's one of the most influential horror writers of all time and science fiction writers. Um, Guillermo del Toro, I think he did Shape of Water, and it's so Lovecraftian because he had at the Mountains of Madness in yeah. development hell for like ten years. You know, Tom Cruise was attached. Tom Cruise one point. was going to do it. It's crazy. And then um, Ridley Scott was going to do it
1: and he couldn't so he went and he made Alien, the Alien Prometheus movie and that okay. was supposed to be sort of like I his see that. oh I couldn't make Mountains of Madness so I went and did it I sort of interpreted it into that movie like I just
0: ways. feel like I would have liked this more and I know that this isn't this never would happen because I don't think the budget is there but like imagine if Tom Cruise was in this leading role and see him melt down in the same way, like something that we've seen maybe before, but not a lot. I just feel like he's Cage is doing what people expect
1: him to do, or even Hanks. Maybe now that I think about it, Hanks would have fit.
0: literally any other actor making the same choice. Has he ever been
2: in a horror movie? No, I, I think I've, I've asked you this asked you, his his very first movie. movie, and that was it. I think it. I asked you this on the Maids and Monsters <laughs> episode. He knows you're alone. Yeah,
0: I just feel like there's so many different actors. Like you have Keanu here, like his
1: meltdown in Knock Knock, the cinematic accomplishment. Knock Knock. God, I hated that movie. It was, it was free just free fucking pizza. pizza. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Pete Davidson, but I like hot ones and he's like that line made me a Keanu fan I was like all right (laughs) but I just feel like there's so many actors who could have played
0: this role and had the same kind of meltdown And I just feel like even Mm. not knowing what to expect other than like just weirdness Mm -hmm. I feel like I would have been less disappointed if someone else did the same exact thing because it just feels oh you gotta see this movie Cage is crazy like okay I yeah I get it there's nothing
1: he... There's nothing he, There's not a single thing he does here that we haven't seen before. You're right. But, I mean, there's... It's... You're, I can't argue with that. But all I can say is, like, I feel like it fits and it's working, whereas... you. You don't like, yeah. I, you know. I, I don't. I mean, there's no reason to really defend it, except everything you're saying, but the opposite. You know, like yeah. I, like there's, this, there's, yeah. A what part, he said but the other thing. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a part of in this movie where he's like, "Why don't you get the fuck out of my face?" And then he's like, "No." Mm. He's like, "I'll save you the trouble, and I'll get out of yours." <laughs> you know, and he's doing like yeah. those extended lines, and he's singing opera, yeah, and I hated that, and I'm loving mm-hmm. it, and I'm yeah. S- ah. I loved
0: it. <laughs> all right. So what we have to do, we started doing this, I think, last episode, possibly Grand Isle. You've played before. I th- actually, you might not have played before, because I think when you were on Cage Club or visited when we did this, it was before we had Cage Club Bingo. But we have Cage Club Bingo, okay. where we have like 75 oh, things yeah. or something that are like in every Cage movie. Okay. And so we're trying to find the most Nicolas Cage movie, which I guess, to this movie's credit, might be that movie. And it's bad. Like, we don't want to. You know what I mean? Like, so. OK, so let's go through it all. And see if there are... It's like
2: golf. A lower number is better.
0: Well, I don't know. We don't know what the rules of this are. (laughs) But just to go quickly, because we've talked about most of the things already, but is there a Cage Club podcast network crossover? Has anything about this really, like, actor or director or style? And I don't know. I think this is kind of... It stands on its own, right? There's not really... Pretty much. Uh, A woman is attacked. Yes, for sure. Accentuating an oddly specific word. Yes, for sure. Adaptation. Yes. Airplane or airport? No. An attractive woman finds Cage irresistible? Yeah. I mean, they're married, but Yeah. Meh. All right, let's we'll skip that. Another movie plays in this movie. Yeah, they're
1: watching that Marlon Brando film, oh, which I thought nice. was funny because yeah. Brando got Richard Stanley
2: yes.
0: fired. <laughs> Awkward sex scene, yes, yeah. where it's like kissing gonna her neck say, on the porch.
2: I was going to ask you, was there a sex scene in the, the Nicole Kidman one I watched you Trespass? Yeah. Not between her and Cage, but it's Cage, her and the pool boy. Okay, yeah. so then this was my first Cage sex scene, and honestly... As it was happening, that was more of an eldritch abomination to me okay, <laughs> than I was like genuinely afraid of a full on Nick Cage sex scene. I was really afraid I was going to get a full one, and uh, I did not want bad accent. Yes, yeah.
0: bad CGI. No, this is great. I C- know.
2: CGI. That, I love that. And Billion great practical effects, too. Let's not leave yeah. that out. That that abomination with the mother and the son is, is awesome.
0: Billiards or bowling. No, no, Cage compromises woman has sex with. Yes, uh, Cage cries. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Cage cries. dies. Yes. yeah cage drinks alcohol the whole movie cage drives yes cage eats yes cage freaks out yes grunts yes has a visible tattoo no No. is in jail no he's not a producer this is not a saturn films i mean this is this is sort of like his home away from home almost like spectavision is kind of becoming his second he's exasperated slash a broken man yes absolutely Mm -hmm. on screen with an animal hello alpaca (laughs) on the phone yes even though they can't really connect is shirtless no
1: no he's in the shower
0: Oh, he is in the shower. Yeah, he is. Top build, yes. Laughs maniacally, yes. Shaves? No. 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 Smokes or does drugs? No. Well, they talk about him doing acid, but he doesn't actually. Yeah, she does
2: mention that he was a hippie, but we don't don't see it.
0: Uh, Stands on something weird? Uh, Uh, Not really. No. Not in in the history.
2: Surprisingly, not.
0: Uh, Does he run? Probably. I think so, probably. Steals something? No. (laughs) No. Stutters or hesitates? Yes. Voiceover? No. There's voiceover at the end, but it's not, it's his. not cages. Mm-hmm. Does he wear a hat? I
1: can't remember him wearing a hat. So.
0: does he work out? No. Does he have multiple names? No. Yeah. Crazy eyes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Dancing? This is now. This is not just necessarily cage dances. anybody Does anybody I dance?
1: He, was it this one? No. No.
0: no. So. Dramatic tonal shift? Yeah. That's kind of par for the course. Elvis or the Beatles? No. No explosions yeah uh, i mean the thing explosion it, of,
2: of energy well also the of, thing
0: yeah. landing outside is basically like a I sonic mean, and
2: the lightning boom. the lightning that was a really cool scene where it's absorbing all the lightning that's straight out of the book as well
0: extreme facial expression yes flashback no even though it feels like the whole short story is a flashback this is not gambling no gif worthy scene my point exactly the whole fucking movie <laughs> i
2: think him eating the spoiled fruit could be a gif
0: well we're gonna get there gold no there's something gold here. I don't know. I like gold every other stay. color. Helicopter, no. Holiday setting, no. Las Vegas, no. Magic mysticism, yes. Yeah. Montage, no. no. New Orleans, no. This is in Arkham, wherever Arkham's supposed to be. Northeast. Nudity. Him Charlotte but not, not really. This is uh, kind no, of no, no, overreaction, yes. Over sexism, no. no. I don't think so. This actually, for He's the most part, kind of treats... The women well, yeah. Fruit, i.e., peaches or bunnies. Yes. And when he, he says peaches, peaches, I was like, "Red sports car." No. Religion or spirituality? Yes. School? No. Singing? Yes. He sings in the car for a sec. I wrote down opera. Oh yeah. Someone makes a threat? Yes. Plays a musical instrument?
1: No. No. Okay.
0: Someone returns from another cage film? No. Subtitles or non-credit text? No. The Beach? No. Time Jump?
2: Yeah. Kind of. well, yeah. well, we lose it's, sense of time. Yeah. Yeah, it is out of time and space. Titular sort of. Line Spoken? Yes. It is,
1: yeah.
0: Twin Peaks Connection? Mm. No. Except for a lot of weird shit happening. Then,
1: Like, no, nothing concrete.
0: Wacky Wardrobe? Third Eye? I mean, let's kind of make up that now. War? No. X-Files Connection? Outer space.
2: I mean, other than just yeah, the, the Lovecraft stuff.
0: Oh wow! Okay, so I thought we were gonna be a lot higher than that, but Grand Isle had thirty-five. This has
1: thirty-six.
2: Okay, okay, all so, right.
1: It's on. It's on par. You know what I really liked as a final note? I liked when, uh, like, the very end when, um, when they were like smearing, when they were like the kid was like trying to walk and it looked like you took like the uh, Photoshop thing and just the smeared them. Oh like, no, yeah, the... yeah. And they were sort of walking around like spaghettified and stuff. Yeah, I thought that the time
2: was... distortion of that energy. You Vortex. That's what I'm it, saying. It's, just, it's, a, it's a nice looking movie.
1: I
0: really like everything about this except for the fact that, well, like, except for Nicholas Cage. Well, that's
2: why I wanted to bring
1: up another visual thing toward the end there. <laughs> no, this,
0: like, the, the effects in this are incredible. And watching in 4K on this big old TV, it's just like, oh, this is great to look oh, at. Yeah,
2: in 4K. As you know from being, like, IRL friends with me, uh, I have not shut up about this movie since I saw it. But so this, I think, is the best visual a- adaptation of, of Lovecraft. Like, they get the weirdness right i want a lovecraft movie that uses the exact same technology and concepts as the movie cats because <laughs> i have never seen a more mind-boggling thing like my brain broke during that movie because yeah. i was like this oh, yeah. is a human this is a cat no it's nope. somewhere in between and then your brain tries to go back and forth and you you lose your sanity mm-hmm. if they just i want that cgi to like if you need to ever show a Shagath, don't get like a big goopy thing like uh, In the Mouth of Madness did. Like, just, just do that weird CGI that broke everyone's brain who saw that movie. Mm-hmm. Please, it's out there. Just take it.
0: If you could recommend people watch this or Cats.
2: Well, this is a direct Lovecraft adaptation, and that is just. It's really, inspired by it's, Lovecraft. Really it <laughs> really captures the. If, if you want to feel what it's like to see something indescribable and unnameable and lose your mind and be a Lovecraft protagonist, <laughs> then watch Cats. <laughs> To have a tall glass of water and watch Cats
0: Mike almost died in the theater I was cats. hurting hard <laughs> I said to him before the movie starts I said no matter how bad it gets just remember mm-hmm. you will never see a movie that's like this again Agreed. even and before we had seen a single frame and he's like, okay. And then after the movie, then, you said to me that like you thought you, a couple times you're almost you almost left. But then you're like you remembered what I said. Yep. Not that it's like sage advice, but I'm like, there's no way that no, what we're we'll... about to see should be in four thousand theaters. Well, I knew from
1: the first shot when the when the cat was a cloud. Yeah, I was like, this is gonna uh-huh. this is gonna hurt. <laughs>
0: Any other thoughts about color out of space? See it. Yeah, it's fun. Check,
2: check it out. Expect little. It's hollow.
0: That's, I think, the other issue is that, like, this had been hyped by... But,
1: but how much... How Look, aside from, like, you know, Midsummer and Lighthouse and, and, you know, there's very little, like, for, in my opinion, stuff to, like, really stack up these days. This could have been Fantasy Island or Escape Room. Exactly. This could have sucked. Like, you know and like no it's it's not hereditary uh, granted right okay it's not black Christmas okay I'll just throw that I haven't seen it yet but from what I heard I'm just I'm just trying to find an example you know what I'm saying it's it's not just another throwaway horror thing someone this actually feels like it was crafted mm-hmm. like there's care put into this
0: that's what I've said the entire time
2: no I know I'm not I'm not arguing that with you and I'll always I'll always not arguing that with admire you. <laughs> a film that is like crafted it's like Lovecrafted? (laughs) Yeah. Crafted with love. love. We were watching some trailers, me and some friends yesterday, and we saw the trailer for the new Nolan movie. My friend was like, are you excited for this? And I'm like, no, I'm really not excited for Nolan movies anymore, but he's one of our last, like, auteurs who has original concepts, original visions, and all of his movies at the very least are interesting. So, like... I'm gonna see it, but no, I'm not excited for it. Anything that is still unique, I think, is important in this world where every movie is just a Marvel movie. Him on TV getting interviewed as like the the wacky farmer who found the the meteorite. Oh, I thought that was so really good. good. I thought he did a really good job acting as like the awkward and guy. And he's like, TV. I look like an asshole. And not in TV. cage mode. Like he's like he's actually doing a good job acting, kind of human in an awkward situation.
0: I did like that, but that was by the point in the movie where I was not on board with him anymore. And I was just like, I want to like this, and I don't. But I do, in retrospect, remove from the movie him watching himself yeah. be awkward. I didn't say it was UFO. You said it was UFO. Like I like that, <laughs> yeah.
2: but it's just at the moment I was just like was UFO witness bourbon enthusiast in the in the cryon on the bottom mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> for all things Cage Club and. Now and again, in all twenty-six hey. shows on the podcast now we're going to cageclub.me, facebook.com/slash/cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, mailbag at cageclub.me. Come back next time. Who knows when? Oh yeah, we don't knows know when. What.
1: We really don't because I feel like the last six movies last they all yeah, came we out. Didn't, six we didn't have a movie until a
0: August, and then we had August, September, October, November, December, January. This was January. Technically, but we, we quote-unquote should have done it in February, but it's you know basically yeah. February uh but yeah i don't know what i don't know what's coming
1: out this year i don't i don't know i think jujitsu is supposed to come out at some point i think that movie pig is supposed to come out at some point but i don't really yeah but what i know what is coming out very soon is that after i edit this episode the next
0: thing i'm editing is the viva pod vegas episode of king creole king
1: creole so go check that
0: out over on that podcast feed check out every tuesday too fast too forever every friday tom tom club tom hanks tom cruise cruise club and hanks the memories all 26 shows all sorts of fun things I'm Joey Lewandowski.
1: And I'm Mike Manzi.
2: I'm Chris Podcast.
0: We'll see you next time right here on Cage Club.